Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Centennial Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Matt, and we're back with the original gang of Other Matt, Bennett, and Owl. And yes, it has been quite some time since we've recorded, but uh, due to COVID-19, we haven't really been able to meet up, and there wasn't a whole lot to talk about since the NHL was shut down for the last uh, three months um, and remains shut down, but new information has come out and they are returning to play with the 24 team playoff format and so we wanted to talk about it and so now we're set up digitally and we're going to continue to do the podcast this way um so uh, i'm going to pass it on to other matt here because he's going to give us a breakdown of the 24 team playoff format and what it means for the draft lottery this year so matt take it away yeah so super happy to be back I'm glad everybody's safe and healthy. And uh, if you're not safe or healthy, I hope you get to those situations at some point or another. Um, So in all honesty, the 24-team playoff format is really weird, um, mostly because of the implication that it has on the draft lottery. Um, I love the fact that 24 teams are going to be vying for a playoff spot. Well, actually, it's more like 16 teams are vying for a playoff spot to play another eight teams. Uh, Really cool stuff. Um, So to sort of easily break it down for you, each conference, Eastern and Western, has top seeds. Four teams from each conference making up eight. Then you have the teams that were either wildcard or actually even third in their division along with teams that were outside of the playoffs. And now those teams are going to be vying for a playoff spot. Uh, to me, it's, it, it's going to make the playoffs super interesting. And uh, these, these playoff series are going to be five games. Uh, and then whoever wins those games moves on to the, ne- to the, to the quarterfinals, uh, to the real playoffs. So, Uh, For example, you know, in the East, we have Pittsburgh versus Montreal, who was definitely, who is realistically the eight seed uh, of the draft lottery at this point. Carolina versus the Rangers, New York Islanders versus Florida Panthers, the Leafs versus the the Blue Jackets. Um, All of these matchups, I think, could, are kind of toss-ups. And in the West, you have the Oilers versus the Hawks, the Preds versus the Coyotes, Canucks versus the Wild and the Flames versus the Jets. I think if any of these teams that weren't in the playoffs get hot, they're suddenly a playoff team, which I think is so cool. Like, how many times could you say that that there's going to be a 2014 playoff series? Obviously, a situation such as this with COVID happening, um, it's really put an interesting spin on the world as well as pro sports leagues. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some upsets and, uh, if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, you might specifically want to be watching the Florida Panthers versus the New York Islanders. That matchup could mean the Islanders fall out of the playoffs and into the draft lottery picture. Now, obviously if they win a draft lottery pick, uh, they, I gotta jump in here, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that Flames Jets matchup is going to be pretty wild to watch too. Oh my god, yeah, of course. Like that. Well, you're gonna I have you're gonna, gonna have preseason level hockey in the playoffs too. Like guys are coming back. Who knows who was actually training the whole time, and who was training the whole time? You could have Montreal walk in and show Pittsburgh that they sat on their ass the whole time. Yeah. No. And and I think that's an important thing to kind of note because a lot of European players do have the edge here. Um, you know, the New York Rangers have quite a few Finnish players and Swedish players, and those players are training on the ice right now. Sweden didn't even lock down during COVID. So you're going to see a lot of players getting a lot better than their competition. And to the be Rangers fair ca- to our Canadian players, though, we have not... Not that it's a Sens guy, but like Clojure, as soon as that Minto one opened up in the East End, he was on the ice. Is he yeah. training with pl- other players? I think there's up to five guys on the ice together. They're mostly doing yeah. skating drills, but yeah. 
I hear now, your point. Like in yeah. Sweden, they didn't lock down at all. So yeah, they've they've been open for for quite a while now. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see teams have that sort of edge. But then there's mm-hmm. other guys like uh, Nick Ehlers says he hasn't been on the ice since they shut down everything. So yeah, exactly. he's still obviously doing uh, workouts and stuff, but a workout is just different than being on the ice. Uh, 100%. And so it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to be a really cool playoffs. Let's just say that. Um, and well, I think it definitely the- leveled the playing field for sure going into it. Yep. I, for one, will be ordering my Columbus Blue Jackets jersey and cheering them on against the Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> my, the only... my buddy yeah. texted me, and he was like, there was a Twitter, uh, a Twitter poll going on about what the, the Leafs fans would rather have, the first overall pick or beating Boston. And it was almost an even split. And I'm just like, guys, that's pathetic. Yeah, like, like would, wouldn't they want revenge over the team that's of kicked, course, kicked them like, out now twice? Oh my game god, sevens? that's oh, that to but me is, in their is de- blasphemous. In their defense, <laughs> you know they've had the first overall pick in living memory, so like that to them seems like something real. Whereas they've never beat Boston in the last like, <laughs> ten years. I mean, that's a problem. That's Ottawa a couldn't have, right? I mean, yeah. you're not, you're not. Couldn't wrong. be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> the Ottawa Senators, you know. Toronto, though, to me, is at that point where <laughs> would they benefit from a first overall pick? Of course, any team no. would. Well, well, I, well like, they yes, would. Like, not any, in three any years. Team would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but what I'm saying is if they got Alexi Lafreniere, for example, would they benefit? Hell yeah. That's that's a great pickup for them. For but, three years. <laughs> yes, but but for for a team in a position where they are, they have the talent there. They just need to get it done. Yep. And they just need yep. to show that they can get it done. Yep. So if you're that team, even if you get a first overall pick, it's it's not going to look good on the team. I mean, obviously this is hypothetical because they're not in the lottery, but but you know, um, I if... think with that team, you're also looking at a team of individuals, and that seems to be their biggest problem right at this second. Oh yeah, though, so. yeah, for sure. But Bringing I'm saying in another that individual. Mm. Yeah, I just think they're at that point where they have the players, the talent is there. They need to prove that they can get it done. Of note, before we transition to the draft lottery, um, the Islanders haven't won a game since they got JG Pager drink. Wait, actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. He's played well for them, though, from the games I no, watched. No, and that's the thing. But the Islanders are a team that, like, yeah, hell yeah, they were a bona fide playoff team last year. They, they overshadowed all of the Tavares talk. But then this year, you know, the expectation was there. And I think every hockey pundit basically said, yeah, the Islanders are only in this position because of their goaltending. Yeah. Then they got rid of half of it. <laughs> well, I mean, they did bring in Varlamov, which is yeah. a solid has ad. been great. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And Grice is a perennial, you know, like mm-hmm. 1B sort of deal for the Islanders. But I... I can legitimately see the Panthers taking that series pretty easily. Easily, eh? I don't know. Yeah. The Panthers well, have had their I own think struggles. the Panthers, their problem is goaltending too, though, right? Yeah, because so, yeah. Bob's not been good. Although, ex-Senator Chris Dreiger has been quite good for them uh, in a backup capacity and actually has starter-level stats. But he got injured, I believe, before the season came to halt. However, if he's better now, then... He could, yeah. if he if he could c- continue the same level of play, definitely I think he could uh, provide them with the goaltending they need. I think Bobrovsky will get one game to ha- make a mistake, and then they'll go to the backup. I think you're going to see a lot of goalies. You know, there's there's a good backup behind them. As soon as they lose one game, and it's a fluky game. You're going to see starting goalies out, one B's in. And that's yeah. where a team like the Islanders could take an advantage with they have a backup goalie that could have stood in as their starter, you know? Exactly. So it's it's going to be interesting. And where, this has where a, lot a team of like Toronto is on the draft. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Matt, if you want to lead into uh, how the draft lottery is going to go down, then uh, give us a little like summary of how that's going. And yeah. To put it bluntly, Matt, it's stupid. Don't like it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Burn the draft lottery to the floor. <laughs> um, and I felt this way even before. You're telling me that the freaking, let's say, Winnipeg Jets miss out. They're in the draft lottery. Are you kidding me? Like, they could move up and get a pick that Detroit, which is one of the most historically terrible teams we've ever seen. The Jets? <laughs> or the Coyotes? Who underperformed this year? Let's be real. Or, yeah. God forbid, ho, 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 God forbid, the Oilers lose their game, <laughs> their five-game series against the Blackhawks. They get entered in, and they win the draft lottery. Yeah. They have Connor freaking McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And you're telling me that Detroit should have to give up some of this leeway? If you okay, have well, the... oh, to be fair, though, if Edmonton can't beat the current Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, roster. I understand. <laughs> that. Then I will. Be but even like the severely Chicago doing well right at the end of the year. Sorry, did Chicago what? I thought they were doing well right at the end of the year. No, uh, I mean, you have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. I mean, of course, you're going to do at least well at some point. But I think I think at this point in their careers, I would take McDavid Drysaddle 10 times out of 10. Over yeah. Taves yeah. Oh, yeah. And but Kane. it's McDavid Drysaddle. And the rest of the uh, bag of pucks. That hey, don't don't around. no, don't sleep on my boy Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, Nugent Hopkins is actually a really good center, and I will die on that. <laughs> also, let's not forget they have uh, Stanley Cup champion Alex Chasson. <laughs> uh, oh they have Tyler Ennis, uh, who actually had oh, a really good years true, with the Sens. True. So, um, and their goaltending has actually been you know, half decent this year. So yeah. we'll have and to, to see. And to your point, Alan, about the sh Chicago being on a good run before the playoffs, I think if there's one All thing we can assume before of this is that, yeah, form is out the window. <laughs> like, it's been so long now that I think, I really think that anything can happen. Now, I still think I'd take Edmonton in that series. Yeah. But, but I mean, so all this to say is the Sens are a team quoting Pierre Dorian here, Weird uh, <laughs> end quote. The Sens are a team that need help. At, at this point, it's a good problem to have if they fall to five and six in this year's draft. If it was another year's draft where five and six were, you know, interchangeable with like 11 to 14, that's an issue. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But, but like, I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather see Alexi Lafreniere go to Detroit than see Alexi Lafreniere go to, I don't know, the Toronto Maple Leafs if they lose their playoffs. Series. Well, they actually, I'm pretty sure that the Leafs pick, oh, you're um, right. go to, um, actually, no, maybe not. I know it goes no, it's to Carolina unless, yeah. A top, okay, so yeah, yeah, your point stands, yeah. yeah. But and, we all know Lafreniere will be donning another red jersey come You're right. Day. I think it, it like uh, the, the oh and I do is... and just for those wondering I do not mean the Habs okay <laughs> <laughs> the the lottery the way it is is very silly um, basically they're doing it before these playoffs even start well um, that's the worst part they have to try and hide who qualifying round team yep. A through H is if that exactly. slips out then the whole thing's a joke because. Yeah. If Montreal finds out their team D, why would they even try and win a single game exactly. against the Penguins? Yeah, exactly. okay. We know that team D has the first overall pick, and somehow they found out. Why? What's the point? Why would they even feel the team? Oh yeah, they'd be like, "Hey, Price, you know that strained groin you magically have? Yeah, get out of that, please." <laughs> yeah, Mark Bergevin is gonna walk into Price's house with a baseball bat. <laughs> He's gonna Tanya Harding him. <laughs> the other side of it. If they don't keep it, uh, if they do keep it a secret, then it kind of seems arbitrary that who knows if Team A really was this team or yeah. they really made it just, uh, they just chose this team. 
Um, what I'm hoping is they just keep it at the top, top level. Like, you know, Gary Bettman, Bill Daly level. Like, if those two know and they do this, like, behind closed doors. Well, of course they know. Yeah, no, no, no obviously. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if they, if it's solely them, yeah. right? If it starts to yeah. leak out to, you know, let's just say, yeah, like, an executive. if it's solely system. them, I can promise you it won't be a Canadian team. Mm. <sighs> I mean, we can start conspiracy. conspiracy. But, All right, Alan. But, <laughs> but, tinfoil hat over here. I mean, we, we like to to joke about it but i mean at the same time gary bettman helped save the arizona coyotes and we all know that they're basically like they were at the time like a dead franchise just a- anybody could have tr- made their pitch to buy them and let's say move them to quebec city oh so yeah, matt whatever. you're calling the the coat the coyotes is the first overall pick now i see <laughs> uh if if they are the one the, they're maroon right if they're the, yeah if they're the team that lafreniere's put a red jersey on for uh, i mean better i, I guess, wouldn't feel as bad like yeah yeah honestly if if lafreniere uh, lafreniere gets drafted and it's to a western conference team i'll be happy if it's in division and it goes to detroit or montreal or you know buffalo i'll be very very uh I don't, want to, I don't know if disappoint is the right word. Not Detroit, upset, I'm okay just, with. Uh, I just they've like, been terrible. Damn. They they deserve a top player out of this. There's yeah, no I don't know. Okay, so the draft so just, lottery entirely. That, okay, I'm I'm gonna say thing. I disagree with you only because Detroit has had they had what 25 years. They have like the, oh, the NHL record. Be bad for a while. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I I think no, that I, if I, you I look at Detroit. Them. And you looked at their management. They made some god-awful contract signings. Some yep. really bad ones. Um, yep. I think Abdelkader is one that comes to mind. Uh, Darren um, Helm. They, yeah, and they haven't even tried to really get respectable goaltending. I know Howard had a reputation oh, years ago. Bad. But yeah, he, he's, he's, he's... Yeah, but he's a he's team, done. dude. He's a yes, team. Yes, I know, I know. He's been on their team for a while. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. Those contracts that you give to people because they've been a lifer with you but i mean they get jonathan bernier and it's like okay he's not meant to really give them good goaltending he's just meant to be that backup who can play some games and he actually played better than howard and i won't rip on the guy but i I, detroit has been a team that hasn't tried to actually get better and steve eiserman can make a hell of a team there and i think that if they get lafreniere that's going to be a start of a very strong renewed Detroit. And I would yeah. really hate to see Lafreniere go to that team. Uh, yeah. Even Byfield. I would hate to see Byfield. Like, I really hope that Detroit drops to four for the sole reason that if they get a top center, I want it to be one of the, the least NHL-ready ones <laughs> um, in the draft. It's, just, it's frustrating because, you know, we had this hot and bothered state of, okay, we're doing the old draft lottery format. This is the way it should be. If you win, you only move up four spots. Ottawa was guaranteed a 3-4. Guaranteed it. Yes. Yep. That is franchise-altering. Especially this year. Now, we're guaranteed 5-6. And don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. 5-6 is dope. 5-6 is so good in this draft. And we'll go over that in a little bit on our draft board. However, three and four is just so damn good. But now we do have, like, we're guaranteed, like, we have an opportunity at one, two. And obviously, this I'll give you the chances of that. 3.5%. One and three. So you're saying there's a chance. There is a damn chance. (laughs) The highest percentage we go is four and five at 22.4%. Four and five, we're still getting two damn good players. Maybe even one's NHL ready. But but... what's interesting is Ottawa's third highest probability picks are first and fifth at 10%. That would be quite interesting to me. Yeah. Is that we're that, getting anyway? We'll, we'll get to the uh, draft later, but I yeah. I'll just say that I could see that potentially being Lafreniere, and maybe they don't take a center. Maybe there's a defenseman in the mix. You know, you guys know who I'm hitting at. But anyway, we'll get we'll get there later. Um, if 
uh, I don't know if you've covered uh, all of it, but wanna... I think I've I think I've vented enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, essentially they're going to be doing some of the picks, and then like you guys were saying earlier, then they're going to have like a cover cover code name for the teams yep. that'll win it, and I don't know, it's a little mm-hmm. odd. Um, it does lower the center's chances of getting first overall um, than the earlier format that was suggested, which I guess a lot of teams were really against, uh, which is yeah. fair. I mean, it does it did highly favor the top seven teams, but bastards with 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 <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of Sens fans were more upset vocally about it just because of how things have been with the franchise over the past few years. Everyone's we like, deserve well, this. yeah, we we deserve this." Which, I mean, we're a little what do you call that greedy but i mean are we wrong yeah no i i feel greedy i want (laughs) (laughs) i it's it's hard to say i mean i would love to have one and two but like uh, guaranteeing three and four as a guarantee that's the lowest you could go Oh man, like that would have been solid. Yeah, yeah. it's franchise altering. But like you said, five six in this year's draft is still quite good. It's just you're right. It's like that flexibility of being able to choose. I think yeah. Ideally, if you got one in the top three, then you're getting one of those three franchise altering guys, and then somebody that's like incredibly solid. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think we can all assume Lafreniere is going first. Because I think, honestly, like all the jumbling starts at two now. Because yeah, um, though to go on your first overall point, I've actually heard some scouts uh, hint at the possibility of teams taking the center, uh, well, Byfield, uh, more specifically, yeah, first overall, yep. Because so yes, yeah, he has a higher has a well, higher ceiling yeah it's you it's, don't think it's just talk to try and make other people start to no, think that i think it's because if you're looking at uh first overall picks teams usually usually will pick the center over the winger because a center mm. can really be diverse when it comes to if you move them to the wing first keep them in their natural center position it, it they give you more flexibility and with lafreniere I mean, you can't mold a winger to become a center, or at least it's harder because they haven't played that their whole career. It's a lot easier to get a center who's had to have more defensive responsibility move to the wing. So I think but Byfield is a centerman's center. Like he's typical big boy center. That boy's not playing the wing. No, but if you want to break a player in the NHL in his first year, you might not play him as a center. Yeah. I suppose. It's but, I'm just saying I'm just saying yeah. that it gives you yeah. more flexibility when it comes to your roster. But I, that being said, Lafreniere, if you want a guy who steps in the NHL tomorrow and can play games to you, then yeah, it's Lafreniere. And exactly. make an impact. That's the thing. Yes, I yes, think I, make an I think you're gonna see Lafreniere he's the number one franchise player. Yeah. If you're Detroit, he is the face of your franchise for the rest of his career. You Ooh, sign you him. Think he to rivals win. Dylan Larkin. Oh <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. For Dylan face of the franchise, he yeah. should be. Dylan Larkin is, in my opinion, an overrated second line center. Oh Ooh. boy, I hope like, no Detroit fans listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, or if any do, we've lost them. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, it's just uh, it, great. He's fast. Like, yeah, I mean, he can score goals, but like. Alexi Lafreniere comes onto that team. That's his his yard now. <laughs> Honestly, though, when I think of Detroit right now, the top player that I see on the roster today is Anthony Mantha. Huh. Yeah. Mantha's the one that I think of. I think Mantha, Larkin, and Zadina. But Mantha is the one who comes to my mind as being the best player on that team today. And, I mean, and, I'm not a Detroit fan, boys, but I'm taking Bertuzzi as my favorite Detroit. He, he had a really good. That's, <laughs> of course, that's you fair. do. Alex. Yeah, yeah, he had quite a. That's good... very on brand. Yeah, yeah. Very, <laughs> that's a very Allen pick. Always the guy with like half his teeth knocked out. Eh? Yeah, exactly. I do. I do like the idea of you know why don't we let's let's do this draft board, boys. We're talking about them. Yeah. All just right. Do all it. right. All right. Let's just so, Matt take it away. <laughs> 
So just for all the listeners, um, we've decided that because there's some content to talk about the NHL, but not a ton right now, we're each taking a talking point. So each podcast every week, all four of us are going to come up with a talking point that is something we're really passionate about and want to talk about, and we'll share it with you guys, and then we'll debate it amongst each other. Matt's breaking the fourth wall. I am. <laughs> so, the fourth wall. Is this like a Deadpool movie or something? <laughs> oh, man. Nah, man. I can't be Ryan Reynolds. But Did you look right at the enough. camera Why? when you said it? <laughs> you can be Leonardo DiCaprio, the Matt. Oh, yeah, that's true. But anyway, <laughs> so we're going with my talking point, which is not what do scouts or we think about the draft board, but what do we think the Sens draft board looks like? Because we know that the Senators like to go off the board. And talking about Philip Zadina, Zadina, sorry, everyone thought that the Sens were and should have taken Philip Zadina. And they went with Brady Kachuk. And I don't think you could ask any Sens fan if they, if they could go back in time, if they would then choose Zadina instead of Kachuk. Because I do think Zadina will be a heck of a player. But look at what Brady Kachuk's given us and what he's shown us over the last two seasons. 100%. Honestly, I'd still like the only player in that draft I would take over Brady is is Dalene. Um. Okay. So this is this Disagree. is my spicy opinion. So if that draft was redone, and let's say the Sens had the number two pick or number one, honestly, even if they picked Svechnikov, I would have been okay with that. In hindsight, like if yeah, he's did, really good. I, honestly, I think he's quite a damn good player. But I just I, said, I love Brady. I love Brady. Yes. What can I say? And honestly, he's, he's exactly. a man's man. And even going exactly. back to years, if the Sens had taken Kachuk first overall, his Sens fans probably would have rioted two years ago. But now, I think it would have been totally acceptable to look at him as a player yep. that could have gone first overall. Now, this is only two years out, right? We have to still yeah. see how most of this draft progresses. But I'm just yeah. saying. But anyway, so looking at the draft board, I wanted I wanted to ask you guys who you thought the Sens might have prioritized do you think they're just going to go best player available do you think they'll prioritize forwards because they do have quite a few caliber forwards as prospects or do you think that they might if they have let's let's hypothetically say they have one two do you think they would pick lafreniere and byfield yes or yes. do you think no no but but i'm just saying <laughs> end of story yes okay but okay but okay just hear my hypothetical out boys <laughs> or do they kind of reach and pick Lafreniere and Drysdale? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you I'm know like, what? That, that's I'm, fair. I'm, I think they would take Lafreniere by But okay, I, fine. I think... maybe, maybe I'll change the Maybe I'll change the scenario a bit because yeah, one two is way too hard. Um, if if they if they get their what was the uh, most likely? Get, scenario? Let's it say was... three four. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, That's, sure. This is the scenario because okay, we have so a sixty-five percent chance at a top three pick. So let's so, say we yeah, get three okay. four. Do you think they take either one of the two top centers that are expected to go two and three? And I'm talking about Byfield and Stutzla. Or do you think they'll go with um, one of those centers? Or sorry, they, let's assume that pick three is one of those two centers. Do you think pick four would be another forward, or do you think they would take Drysdale? I. Like I, oh, I guess I'm starting this off. Um, I think we have a lot of really quality defensemen in our uh, prospect pool as of right now, and I think Drysdale is a hell of a defenseman. But I've seen a lot of things, and they they're all kind of saying the same thing: is there's not a lot of quality defensemen in this draft. Drysdale's stock is probably just a little higher than it should be if there were better defensemen. Simply put, because there aren't uh, there aren't um, as many defensemen. So he's yes. and to be fair, he had a hell of a World Juniors. A yeah. hell yeah, he of did. a World he Juniors. Quite a good World Juniors. Yeah. But if if I'm picking three and four, it's either looking like one of Stutzla Byfield. I'm hoping it's Byfield personally. Um, and it's either uh, Marco Rossi or Lucas Raymond. Probably mm -hmm. Lucas Raymond. I'll agree I, with I like you Raymond on your first, on your third pick with whoever's left, Byfield or Stutzla. <laughs> but I'm going to switch it up. And I think maybe Holtz 
is going to be our second pick with four okay. over Rossi. I'm just going with like Holtz. The one thing he has above Raymond and Rossi is the, like that scoring. I mean, Rossi in the last season, he just had, okay. He for had sure. 39 He goals. had an amazing year. <laughs> but, but Holtz, um, what he has above Raymond, where Raymond is super good with the puck on his stick and can make plays, Holtz is putting it in the back of the net. Yeah. Each and every time he's picking corners and he's shit like he's going all over the ice and he's making goals. I think that might be he's right wing and it could just be someone that's going to slot in with that center up front, too. I also I just I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I just think uh, DJ Smith loves a defensive player as well. And Raymond is is arguably the best two-way player in this draft other than like Anton Lindell. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went uh, one of Byfield or Stutzla, hoping for Byfield, and uh, and Raymond. Also, interesting note, uh, I, I can't remember what interview it was, but Pierre Dorian was interviewed. Uh, I believe it was on TSN 1200 a few months ago, and he was asked okay. about scouting. And he did slip up and say that they were, well, I mean, okay, you have to, obviously they would have scouted these players, but he did say that, say that they were looking at Raymond and Holt when they were in uh, Europe. And so yeah, I when they wanted, that, were going to scout Ole Alsing. Yes. And so yeah. I do think that those two guys are rated higher by them. And the Sens love Swedes. So, so I do think... They also love hometown boys. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think <laughs> that if we're looking at... Um, uh, yes, Marco Rossi from the Austrian part of Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I think if we're looking at uh, their draft board and we're looking um, at after the top three guys, I could see them having Raymond and Holtz as their four or five on their draft board. Mm. Yeah, I could, I could see it. I just think uh, they need, they need to take a center in this draft. Yeah, if yes. that's and, and Marco that's... Rossi or Cole Perfetti. Oh, like actually. And you, you and Bennett have both mentioned Rossi now. I do have to say something about Rossi. So, <laughs> hear me hear out. It. So, on an earlier episode of the podcast, I believe, let's say episode five, I did criticize Rossi and say that I didn't think he could be a top-line center in the NHL. I said that he was small, and I believe I said that I just didn't trust his play. Or something mm. like that. Didn't trust, not his play, but didn't trust his play to translate, I guess, because he's not a big guy. Mm. Well, I think I decided after that, you know what? I've seen that Rossi. you're wrong. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> to a degree, yes. So I decided to watch a lot more play of him, not just plays of him scoring goals and getting assists. I just, I've watched um, a lot of, uh, of his plays where he's just driving up the ice uh, or back-checking. Oh, oh, fuck. Um, That's yeah, just, just footage of him playing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to say the things they picked up on, well, first of all, I should preface this by saying he is one of the older players in the draft. He's turning yep. 19 in September. Yep. Um, so I, I do want to preface it by saying that. However, um, he is very confident with the puck and a very skilled passer. Uh, and I mean, his stats speak for himself with 81 assists this year in the OHL. That's, that's wild, but I think that you could really see it when you watch his play. He doesn't like, I'm actually surprised he has 39 goals this season because when you watch him play, he barely looks at the net first. He always is looking for the man who's co coming yeah. into the zone with him, or uh, let's say it's power play. He's looking for the open man, whether it's at the point, whether it's at the slot, he is constantly looking to set up his teammates. Yep. And honestly, after watching him play, some of the passes he makes and the fact that his teammates don't score, man, the guy probably could have had like over 90 assists in the OHL this year. Imagine like him with Brady Kachuk, like Brady and, Kachuk and so, just like going in the net. Ooh, baby. And so it got me thinking, right? Because not only is he great uh, as a confident skilled passer, he often takes the middle of the zone when he goes in the offensive zone. And a lot of players yeah. are scared to do that. And he's five foot nine, and he does it. He he takes on defenders in the middle of the ice, and he can dangle past them. He can create plays, even though he has one and sometimes two defensemen on him. And Oof. I think that that's very interesting and very notable. 
Um, and and I, I believe I already said, like, he's he's patient. He has great vision. He's always finding his teammates in tough situations. Um, another thing that I thought was very interesting and, and very, like, a very good quality is he might be a small player, but, man, he... Now, I'm not comparing him skill-wise to Crosby, but the way he can win puck battles along the boards is very reminiscent of a Crosby mm. style. I'm not saying he's Crosby, but a Crosby style where Crosby, when he goes into a puck battle on the boards, whether it's like behind the net or along the sideboards, you know that Crosby is going to put up a hell of a fight to get that mm -hmm. puck and that he will probably win it. Yeah. And well, you heard it since here we're first, likening oh. him to someone. Marco Rossi next to Sidney Crosby. I'm, I'm going to liken him to guys like Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan, where they're both small guys. And, uh, you know, I'm pro Rossi too. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here is that both those guys are excellent, excellent players. And I'd love to have them on my team. But as soon as the playoff comes and the big boys start to play like big boys and grind, you did notice that Goudreau and Monaghan start to obviously slow down in those games too. Okay. Also, I agree with you on that point. Okay. I think I'll let, I'll let other Matt go and then I'll go. Thanks, Matt. And then we need <laughs> Bennett's opinion on who's he's taking for. Yeah, I'm waiting um, patiently here. Yeah. <laughs> Rossi is a totally different player than Johnny Gaudreau. I like Rossi probably has one of the highest, like, go out and get it sort of styles of play. Whereas you'll see Johnny Gaudreau sort of disappear in some games. I'm not saying Johnny Gaudreau is not a lights-out player. Marco he really Rossi is. also isn't playing against Big Buff and stuff, right? That's fair. I mean, Big Buff isn't even playing against Johnny Gaudreau right now. For sure, yeah. <laughs> but... but Marco Rossi is a strong player that goes into those gritty zones that you don't get out of those smaller players. You're going to see guys hate Marco Rossi because of how strong on the puck he is and they're going to get pissed off because they're way bigger than him and oh man I just lost the puck to you know small fry <laughs> and, yeah. and I'll, I'll actually I agree with you I was going to say about the same that Gaudreau he's he's one of those guys who I can like he does get pushed around on the ice he gets frustrated easily Marco Rossi is the opposite he pushes the bigger players around. He plays bigger mm -hmm. than he is. And mm -hmm. so watching him, I got a new appreciation for him that I don't think I had the last time I talked about him on the podcast. And honestly, I'd almost compare him. Not not exactly, but just hear me out. I can To Sidney Crosby. No. To uh, <laughs> one of my favorite players actually growing up, Martin St. Louis. I think he's Ooh. that yeah, he's that small, speedy player who Ooh, has that's a good comparison. Who has, who has great hands and He's not the go-to guy who shoots the puck. I see Marco Rossi as being that setup man. And I'm getting those excited tingles, boys. Exactly. And okay, let's say the Sens draft a, a sniper wing, winger. They have, if they have a line of, let's say, Kachuk, Rossi, and, I don't know, right winger who's like a sniper. Holtz. Yeah, like they get a, a sniper on that right wing. Man, Marco Rossi is going to be like the backstrom. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to have like an Ovechkin, but he's going to be like the backstrom to that Ovechkin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's going to be that guy who has great vision, can make the plays happen, and is known for being one of the best playmakers in the league. So I think he I have, has that. I player. have heard that comparison too of backstrom. Uh, sorry, Rossi being a backstrom kind of player. Okay, cool. So yeah. Bennett, and, you've been percolating. Give it to us, man. Wait, wait. I have one more thing to say on Rossi. <laughs> he also had he had a fifty nine percent face off rating. Ooh, that's high. See, <laughs> I mean, and and I don't know if if that'll translate against tougher competition, but fifty nine percent is nothing to scoff at. That's that's really no, damn no, high. that's really good. But anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll pass it on to Bennett and oh, see baby. who he'd pick at fourth. Yeah, He's going to say sure. Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a couple of things to pitch in here based on what we've been talking about before. Uh, circling back for a second to what you were saying, Alan, about uh, wanting to take Alexander Holtz possibly over Lucas Raymond. Uh, you're not in bad company there because uh, Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News shares that opinion. Even though they, in their rankings, they have Holtz at eight and they have Raymond at four, uh, he does say that like he can see a team taking Holtz over Raymond because of that offensive upside. So I don't hate that either. Uh, but I think a 
were we sticking to the three and five or three can, and four? I think it was so it was three and four, but I think the picks are going to drastically change if we go five and six. So let's you finish us off with three and four, and then give us your your five six. Yeah. Okay. So I think three. Uh, it definitely does depend on if it's Byfield or Stutzla. Let's yeah. assume that it goes as projected, and Byfield goes at second, and we get yeah. Stutzla. Stutzla. Uh, he's not confirmed to be a center. I think if I'm not mistaken, he, he played center at the World Juniors so for Germany. So he's actually a natural center. Okay. Um, but he does play. He plays on the wing in the German in the pro game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but, sort of like how we play our rookies on the wing, like like our Nick Pauls and our Colin Whites, sort of to acclimate them to the pro game, get them tested defensively, and then sort of push them into a center role. But there is like a non-zero chance that like Stutzla elects to play in the wing. There right? could, yeah, there's yeah. a possibility, I guess. Yeah, yeah. so that's the uh, that's important because what I was going to say is basically that like if we take Stutzla at three. Then I think there's a there's a, the onus is on the senators to take a bona fide hundred percent natural center with their yeah. second pick, yeah. and with that pick I would take Rossi, I like over right. over Drysdale right. or Raymond if they're in that position. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think because just because like yes, like I understand that like uh, center is probably Stutzler's natural position, um, but I mean you we don't know for sure, right? Whereas like everybody else, like it's like pretty like. Like, he hasn't actually said one way or the other whether he would choose to play center, whereas, like, someone like Lafreniere has been on the record being like, no, I'm not playing center, I'm at left wing. I think you're going to get those in uh, the player uh, interviews with your GMs and stuff. Like, they're... That's true. And we're not privy to that information right now. So, all right, Bennett, give us your quick five and six. Let's assume... Lafreniere, Byfield, and uh, Stutzla are gone. Mm-hmm. Your five and six are who you would love to be there. Five and six. Yeah, so I would definitely take Rossi with one of those picks. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm torn because, like, you want to take a guy like Drysdale because, well, we have a lot of good D. I think, like, it'd be nice to have at least one more, like, genuine blue chip guy to go in with, like, Shabbat, who's already established, and, like, Brandstrom. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, my head is really turned by one of those scoring guys. Like, like Alexander Holtz, like, you see him jump up in the rankings a lot. Like, some have him at, th- at four, some have him, like, down at the bottom. Like, I think... At eight. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it if we took him. Like, if, the, if, if Dorian and the scouting... Uh, crew at the Sens really liked what they saw of him, and they took Rossi, and then they reached and took Holtz. I would trust I them on that. Yeah, nobody's gonna really call it a reach. That's the thing because, like, like five or like four to to ten are kind of crapshoots for a lot of teams. Yeah, because they're going to want to draft their team need, but at the same time, best player available. And like, I could have Cole Perfetti ahead of Marco Rossi. Whereas, you know, um, other teams might not. So is it a reach to take Cole Perfetti at five? No, I don't think so. But some teams might have him at 10. So it's, it's kind of weird that way. So it's just like your own personal preference here. Yeah. So you're saying you'd love Rossi and Holt five, six. I, yeah, I just think I just think it really rounds out that lineup, and I think that also uh, w- respecting that Lucas Raymond is a great player, yeah. I feel like we have more depth on the left wing than we do on the right wing, yeah. and I feel like I'd like to fill that out a little bit more. Yeah, fair enough. My so, yeah. rapid fire is is going to be I'd love to have Raymond and Rossi. That's the, I'd love to have that. That's who yeah, I, yeah. And honestly, that might end up being what happens. Yeah. So at least we all took a minimum one new center for the team. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. it's a necessity. I think, I think yeah. it's necessity. So the four of us took at least one new center. Yeah, that puts us up with like Josh Norris, uh, Shane Pinto, Colin White, who is signed long term already. Yep. Uh, where's Logan Brown uh, gonna find himself next year? With if it sounds like we're going with at least one center. 
And it um, sounds if we pick him high enough, he could already be on the team next year. So, I mean, I'll, I, take, I'll take a first pitch at it if yeah, you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so, I mean, for me, Logan Brown is he's still one of those controversial players. I think last season he showed that he has some flashes of having real talent. But I think at other times he's that guy who, if he's not on his game, he's an AHL forward. And that, to me, is a big issue. And I'm not saying it's effort or whatever. I'm just saying that if he's not on his game, he's not an NHL player. And that is a huge problem. Now, he's still young, but I basically what Alan's saying is, like, are we going to have a spot for him if we bring in now a center who could make the team in one or two years, maybe yeah. three? But I think with the spots that the Suns have in the draft, they're taking a guy who could play next year or the year after. Exactly. Um, but, like, yeah, uh, to me, I think if Logan Brown can really have a great preseason for himself next season and have a good start to the season, then I think he has a spot over, I'm not sure who, like, whatever center is t- uh, that DJ Smith feels like Brown has overtaken, then great. But if he doesn't come out and light it up in preseason and show to start the regular season that he's there to play and that he can effectively play, then, yeah, I could see it being a problem and then the team needing to look for a trade, whatever that may be. Uh, so that's that's my opinion on it. Well, uh, I mean, I'll throw my opinion in the, in the circle. Uh, the one thing with Logan Brown is I don't think he's played a complete season in – a while his in, he's very injury prone and i think his um trade value is higher to the senators than it is to the other teams in the nhl just because we drafted him so high and i think our team doesn't want to kind of look dumb that we wasted such a high pick on someone like that and now they might not work out uh is he great in the ahl for sure but i mean that's not why you draft guys is to make mm-hmm. them great in the ahl um He's, it's like like Matt said. He has, he shows flashes of greatness, uh, but then it's the next game, and you don't even see him on the ice. I, I think, think. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I I interrupted you, but uh, I should be saying sorry. Uh, I say we're gonna see him on the top line, uh, starting next season. Um, Ooh, because interesting. A realistically. If we pick Byfield, he's not going to be NHL ready next year. And that's yeah. okay. Because, boys, we can have another garbage year and get another good pick. Yeah. <laughs> now, you say that, but just to let you know, Dorian said he wants the team to be competitive next year. And I respect that. And I think, <laughs> I, and honestly, like, I'm not going to be mad if we finish 10th because that means we had a much better season than we did this year. And the team is starting to get a taste of winning. Yep. Competitive yeah. also doesn't mean yeah. wins. Right? No, no, I yeah. know. But I'm just saying that I don't think we're going to be in the same yeah. position next year where we're picking most likely with one or even two picks. I wouldn't yeah. be blown away by it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I know Dorian, he, I mean, there's differences between expectations and reality, yeah. as we know. So exactly. are made of that, but with, but, but I mean, I think coming from the general manager's position, if the team is again in a bottom three position like they were this year, I don't think he'll exactly be happy with that. I think if they finish in, like Matt just said, in the eighth to tenth last range, that's more what he's aiming for. Yeah. Now, will they hit that? Who knows? But I think yeah. when he says more competitive, he just wants them to not be a complete basement team. Yeah. Yeah, true. With With all that said, I see Logan Brown on the first line. You're going to have a three-year or like a two-year vet in Brady Kachuk who knows how to play in the NHL. Then you're going to play him with either uh, Anthony Duclair or, you know what, maybe you try and and bump Bobby Ryan up to that line simply because because you need a little uh, little oomph. Or you put put Bathroods in. And yeah, yeah. and like a line of Logan Brown and Batherson has worked in the past, so you play the Kachuk Batherson Brown line starting opening night. I think they get some points on the board. I like. I still have a lot of faith in Logan Brown. He's twenty two. Like 
he's still got a ways to go, but at this point, you know what? This is your this was your first full full year of pro. Now it's time to put up or shut up. Get on the ice and prove that you can play in the NHL. Because your AHL stats show that you're way too good to be down there. Yeah. So I see him being uh, on the starting lineup. If it doesn't work out, they trade him. That's it. Yeah, but if it doesn't work out, he's totally lost his... He just proved that his trade stock is zero. Yeah, yeah but unfortunately... That's, that's happened, the issue. Right? I agree. Play him, but that you're also risking showing that he cannot play in the NHL. Hmm. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's the risk you take, though, when you draft high, right? Sometimes there's yep. those guys where... Like, he, even in his draft year, was a boomer bust pick. The Sens knew if he could fill out his potential, he was their future 1C. He hasn't yep, hit that potential. Yeah, and that's, that's why, why you're so going to see them take Byfield. If if he's yeah. there at their pick, they're going to take Byfield. Yep. 100%. I can I guarantee it. Dorian loves size in his centers. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, well, with that, I think we'll move on to... um. Uh, we'll look at another roster player that could be on next season's opening night roster, but we'll need a contract extension. Anthony Duclair. So we'll just kind of weigh in quickly because there's not a ton to talk about. We know his skill set. We know he was kind of cool to end the season. But what do you guys think a contract looks like for him? Five by five. Okay. A two-year two year contract. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Suns will still play it safe, but I don't know if Anthony Duclair will be okay with it or not. I mean, he is an RFA still, so he doesn't have a yeah. ton of I don't skills. think he has much of a ground to stand on. That's the problem. I think he genuinely does. I mean, he's had two successful outings with the Sens in his career so far. Sure, he had a cold streak, but I mean, what player doesn't? I no, like... I just mean because of the team seem Like, he got moved around a lot, obviously, because every... Like, he has a known... Not that it's shown on the sends, but it seems like he would have had an attitude before where he wasn't getting along with certain people. So did he find a home with the sends? I think he did, but they also have that in their pocket to be like, well, if you don't take our deal, whose deal are you going to take? Yeah, that's a good point. It's fair. I I still say five by five. He's not going to turn that down. That turns into a beautiful contract if he continues his scoring pace. Mm Mm-hmm. He's and shown think, he can do it, so, you know. And I'm not entirely sure why the Sens would want to be screwing him around on the contract because we need roster players at this point, and he's yeah, clearly demonstrated he can bodies. do that. Yep. <laughs> and he led the team in goals last year. Like, yes, yep. like in like an off year for the Senators, obviously, but I think that, you know, that proves something. And he also looks more. Sorry, yeah. Really. Whereas, like, I... Well, I would like to see him on a 5x5. Five five. I'd be perfectly happy with that. I suspect it won't be as long as 5, but I can see it being, you know, 3 or maybe 4 years. And Agreed. then, yeah, similar kind of money. Yeah, and I, I think they probably that. split the difference between, you know, those contracts they were giving Mike Hoffman, you know, where they'd give him, like, 1 year, 2 years, because they still yeah. were a little lukewarm on him. But, uh, you know, somewhere between the Hoffman contract and, like, the Colin White contract, you know? Yeah. He's also become a more complete player with the Suns, so I think that really helps too. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, so I think one final thing we'll touch on before we end today is uh, Bennett's talking point, and you wanted to talk about who the Suns would name captain. And I know there's at minimum three different opinions on this podcast alone, at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Bennett, it's your talking point. Kick things off, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Well, I think uh, I think to me there's only one answer as to who the Sens captain should be going forward, and that's Philip Chalapic. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, but for real, uh, to me, there's one choice, and that's Thomas Shabbat. I think that you want your captain to be your best player, and I think that Thomas Shabbat is that. I think that he's unambiguously the most important part of this rebuild that we're on. I think he's the part that makes it viable. He's the part that made losing Eric Carlson viable to the team because he's stepped into that role. Pal- <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. is a great yeah. word. Let's not, let's not be too strong, but you know, yeah. it was kind yeah, of, yeah. we all had that feeling uh, the season after Carlson left, uh, you know, left in quotation marks, that because <laughs> uh, he's still in my heart. But um, 
you know, we were watching Thomas Shabbat's <laughs> we were watching Thomas Shabbat's performances, and we we're kind of like, oh, oh, hey, this is oh, damn, cool. you're really good. Yeah, I think. He already wears the A for the team. I think he has the most pedigree. You know, uh, he wore the A for Team Canada at the World Juniors when they won silver. I think he he's a high draft pick. You know, he's been valued by the organization as like one of their best prospects for years. And I think he's been showing it on the ice pretty consistently now that he's a main player. And I think that he's the face of our franchise going forward for me. Okay. Uh, I could see but that. I know you guys disagree. <laughs> no, no, I know I could see that. And honestly, I wouldn't have an issue if they named Shabbat captain. But if you ask, really, I think most people who they see as the face of the franchise or even fans of opposing teams, I think they would name Brady Kachuk right off the bat. Uh, I know some people are against Brady Kachuk getting captaincy because they see him as more of a pest, almost like a Brad Marchand where you give the guy an A because, you know, Bergeron is that calm cool collected captain and then yeah brad marchand is still a leader but he's that pest and he gets on people's nerves and so they don't really see him as a captain well to me i think brady kachuk exemplifies everything that the senators are driving to make their team a guy who's competitive fierce uh puts in the effort um not afraid to to get his hands dirty and you know throw hands if he needs to and I think he he really is a leader on the ice and off the ice. He's been doing a lot of community involvement, um, especially during COVID nineteen. Like he's been getting involved in um, NHL streams, uh, Senators playing video game streams. Uh, actually, I think he did one with Shabbat uh, for Call of Duty. But uh, he's just one of those players that I find is super relatable to the fan base, at least the younger fan base. Uh, but is also just a great present on presence on the ice and stands up for his teammates and i don't think you can really ask for much more from uh, a captain uh like player so for me it's brady kachuk yeah I, I i have to agree there uh chucky is is what you want and love in a player uh and the the start and stop conversation for me uh, as much as I love Shabbat, and I believe he, yes, he is a good leader. He he was a captain on uh, on Team Canada, was he not? The year uh, that he won MVP. Uh, I had him down as an assistant captain in 2016, I, yeah. but uh, I mean that was according to elite prospects. I don't know like, if that's <laughs> fair enough, legit or not. But so so my point being is. Do you guys remember when Duclair broke his uh, his scoring drought uh, with an empty net goal? Yes. Yep. And do you remember how excited Kachuk was? <laughs> yes. Yep. That's the yeah. start and stop point. You want to see a captain is ecstatic when his players, his brothers, are winning games and you know getting small milestones for themselves because it contributes to the team. Uh, sorry, just to interject. Uh, so Shabbat was uh, an assistant captain on his team at the World Juniors, and Kachuk was captain of his team at the under-18 mm-hmm. World Juniors. There you go. So, I yep. mean, no. <laughs> all that to say is just, like, I love the way Kachuk composes himself. Uh, I love how much of a, a shithead he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, everything you want in a player. And And, you know, I've listened to podcasts that have scouts saying, like, He's becoming the benchmark of what teams are looking for in a team player. Like, not only is he such a good player that, like, he goes in the net, grinds out other players. He's the benchmark that draft prospect rankers are like, oh, yeah, is he, like, you know, Brady Kachuk-level heart and, like, still going to bring it every night and, you know, uh, produce? Like, that's unbelievable to me. Um I love Shabbat. I love him to death. But I think here for me, it's Brady. Okay. Alan. So it's my turn. Way in. Oh, baby. (laughs) So I'll start off. If it was either of those two guys, I would not be mad. Not even a little bit. I Mm. could 100% see both those boys. If I had to pick one of those two, I'd go with Chucky. But my pick, I'm going with Boro. And now, now let me. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Let me throw this on the table. Someone that wears that crest everywhere they go and uh, like epitomizes that crest on the front of the jersey is this boy. 
let's talk uh, when the whole COVID thing happened. He was 100% outspoken where he stepped up above the rest of the team and was saying, like, don't be an idiot. Like, care about other people. It's not about you. But most importantly, something that he just did, I think it was yesterday. He was the guy on the team that went and spoke out about what's happening in the States, what's happening with uh, George Floyd. He was the guy. He is what epitomizes being a senator, an Ottawa senator is. He made me damn proud of being a senator's fan that he was one of the guys, like Boros, a white guy, and he's standing up and he's saying that's messed up and that's wrong. And it's he made good donations to it. I love yeah, it. He's yeah. using his platform to do something right. And I just feel that like, I mean, he's a captain. He's going out there with his teeth busted. He yeah. goes off the ice, comes back on later in the game. He is... And a, he's a captain to me. If they made Borvietsky captain, I I think it's a win for blue collar players around the league. Um, because Borvietsky, he has been a fighter his entire career, in the literal sense, but in the figurative sense as well. Like he was in and out of the lineup, coming up from the AHL, playing in the NHL, and. Like, yeah, he, he had some kind of bad seasons, but oh, it kind sure. of became more a, li- a little more prevalent that CeCe was kind of the bad part of that pairing. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, and yeah. and Boro showed this year that he's a competent bottom six defender. Mm-hmm. And he just like, you're right, Alan. If if they chose Borvietsky as captain, I'm I'm loving it. Because everything he has done with COVID and Black Lives Matter on on social media has made me so proud to be a fan of the Ottawa Senators and to have a player like Mark Borowiecki on the team. See, yeah. boys, do you thought my pick? Uh, you knew it was all coming, <laughs> but you didn't think I was going to come at you with uh, the full-on no, it, wave. It's, it's good reasoning, man. <laughs> I'm into it's, it. Uh, I love I it. Think, uh, I just think if I, I love Boro. I love his attitude. I love everything he stands for. I really want to get him on the wish. podcast. I would love I to. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what we can. We're do. gonna but, do our best. That's all. That, let's but do it. one thing I'll say that Boro that okay, it it kind of sucks is that I I could totally see him being captain. The problem is he's not ever gonna be like a, I think a reliable top four defenseman. I think he'll always be that sixth or seventh defenseman. And for that reason, if he's not gonna be on your roster all the time, then it's gonna be like when the Oilers made Andrew Ference their captain. Like it's like. Okay, you give the guy captaincy, but really, how long is he going to be on your roster? I, I think, think it still that's matters also to arguable. the guys, though. Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I, I think I, Ference I think was was clear cut leader there, and and it it speaks. Vo- I I'm sorry, I'm I'm speaking over you here, but it speaks volumes that a player could go into the press box if they have to, and still be considered one of the leaders on that team. Agreed. That's like that's probably one of the the most difficult situations you could be in. I have all the respect in the world because Mikhail Bodker did it all season. Yep. And like yeah, he was true. just a constant professional. Obviously he's getting paid five mil. Yeah. But just a consistent whoa, professional. Whoa. Four mil guys? Come on. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh. I mean what I mean at the end of this whole thing, what we can take from this whole thing is after Alan's right. <laughs> no, after uh, like a year, two years of maybe not being a proud scent, like I'm always a proud sense. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? Of all yep. this stuff that kept happening, 100% we have something to be proud of. Yeah. And we have stuff to look forward to right now. Like yeah, this is exciting totally. and yep. like heart filling right now. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I also do just want to point out uh, one of my good friends, uh, Liam, pointed this out. A lot of you know, current and former senators have been very active in speaking out uh, about the atrocities and the murder of George Floyd. Uh, I think that's really cool. Kyle Turris was one of those guys. Yeah. Julie Turris is amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anthony Duclair did it. Zach Smith did it. Yeah. Um, I I, like, I think it's uh, important to sort of, you know, touch on this because this is what is all in the news. But you know, I just want to interject. I think Zach Smith, uh, he had a, I think, a really good uh, statement. I, th- I, I don't agreed. know. Yeah, agreed. His too. 
Yeah, it's 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 awesome to see. And I think that team that went to the cup final, uh, bar- barring what happened with the Hoffman Carlson thing, I think they were a very like strong knit unit. And yeah, now we're going to see this team become that. And I think they're going to sign Borvietsky to sort of lifer contract. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Dorian came out and said that. Uh, yeah. That he wants to make Borvietsky a senator for life. And I, yeah. I'm with him on that one. Yeah. I, I'm I mean, okay with it. Eight times eight. Yep. I love it. Eight <laughs> times eight. Eight times yeah. eight. 25 uh, team, no trade. <laughs> what do you mean, man? It'd be a 31 team just so Seattle can get him an expansion or something. Precisely. Yeah. Um, but okay. anyway, on, on that note, um, uh, check us out on, on social media. We're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Centennial or at Centennial. Um, and uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play, so you can find us really on every platform. Uh, and on that note, uh, we're going to try and, and line up a couple of guests in the coming weeks that I think will excite a lot of people. Um, and we hope that you guys continue to uh, listen in. So thanks, everybody, who's tuned in today, and we will see you. Stay safe. Yes, yes stay safe, everybody. Stay safe, everybody.